Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time on a Wednesday from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the fine folks at Two Rivers Ford. Since 1983, Two Rivers Ford has been the industry standard among Ford dealers here in Middle Tennessee. Award-winning customer service and American-made Ford vehicles available to you in Mount Juliet at Two Rivers Ford or online at tworiversford.com. DraftKings Sportsbook gets you in on all the action with the promo code A to Z Sports. NBA, I mean, if you want to bet, if you want to bet the summer league, you can do it. If you want to bet MLB, you can do that too. The Olympics, everything in between, using the promo code A to Z Sports in the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Gary Ashton and the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress. And of course, Brimac Mechanical, satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brimac.com. All right. So, day seven, a full week uh, a full week of training camp practices officially in the books. They will be off tomorrow at St. Thomas Sports Park, and then we'll be back on the field with them on Friday and Saturday before they take another break on Sunday ahead of their first preseason game next week. But the, the, the conversation that I want to have tonight is about one particular position because there was some light shed on the progress made by a rookie who's competing for a starting spot and how he's matching up, really, against a veteran who's playing out of position right now, given guys that they don't have available on the offensive line. Tonight, I want to talk about right tackle and get your guys' opinion on what the situation is. So let's start with your Two Rivers Ford take. Who do you think starts at right tackle for the Titans in week one? Let me know on Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, wherever you are hanging out with us on the primetime show. Give me your response. Which of those players, Raidens or, or, I mean, it could be Sam Brelo, it could be Kendall Lamb, whomever you think is going to start on the right side of this offensive line when the Arizona Cardinals come to town September 12th. Give me your response on Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. We will discuss at length together uh, your Two Rivers Ford take. Let's see. Dude Gabriel says, evening, your fade is still crisp, but your shorts suck. Well, listen, the shorts do not suck. If you are ashamed of your thighs, Gabriel, that's not on me. That's on you. I would suggest that all everybody wear five-inch inseams uh, if you are of the male persuasion because it is the summer of the thigh, and the thighs need to breathe, especially when it's hot as hell and I'm stuck at training camp practices. So your shorts suck, Gabriel, but thank you. The, the fade does look sharp. Uh, shout out to my, uh, shout out to my barber, Demarcus Drumright, D right cuts. You should give him a look. Uh, let's see who do you think should start at right tackle come the season? Let me know in the comments section. So Jordan Miller, Jordan Miller says Sambrello at left tackle, which is not the, not the place that I thought the conversation would go. Now, in fact, he is not working out at left tackle. That is a different player. And it's not Taylor Lewan, so I'll expand on that later because I do think that there's an interesting conversation to be had about the left tackle position for this team as we sit here today on August the 4th. Who will start in week one? Let me know on Facebook Live, Periscope, Twitter, or I guess Periscope and Twitter are the same thing. YouTube and Twitch is where you can go. Mark Hankins on Twitter says, Lamb. Tyler Musson on Facebook Live believes it will be the rookie Dylan Radens. Brad Lifford goes with the veteran Kendall Lamb, who was on my radio show. In fact, you'll hear from Kendall Lamb. 
here in just a second, a clip from the interview that we did live at training camp earlier today. Stephen Crozier says, Dylan Radens will no doubt start week one. Well, I think there's an interesting conversation to be had about that that we will get to momentarily, right after I tell you about our friends at Two Rivers Ford, who present the Two Rivers Ford take each and every night. Let me know uh, who you believe is going to start week one. And while you do that, I'll tell you about Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford should be in your starting lineup each and every week. Because when it comes to award-winning customer service and quality American-made Ford vehicles, there is no one better in the state of Tennessee. Two Rivers Ford has been doing it for nearly 40 years in Mount Juliet and operating at such a high level that they continue to sustain their business model that, that has made them so successful. Their business model revolves around a non-commissioned sales staff, meaning that there is no pressure on you throughout the car buying experience. Their sales team, they're taking their paycheck home whether they sell you a car or not. So they're not putting pressure on you to buy a car that may not fit your best needs. Two Rivers Ford works with you to find the best fit for your family's needs and for your budget. That's why they're the best. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So who starts at right tackle week one? Give me your answers in the comments section. Uh, Lewis Chesty says Jeff Swaim, who is not currently practicing, so I don't. I think he, the tight end would be a stretch. Uh, Lamb for Aubrey Calvin. Let's see. Brian McNeil says Lamb. Nate Torres says it should be Raidens, but apparently he's having a bad camp. I don't say I don't wouldn't call it a bad camp, but I do think that there's a significant learning curve for him right now. And Mike Vrabel spoke pretty candidly about this today. I'll read you Vrabel's quotes, but. That's why I am thinking that at least for week one and maybe week two, maybe a week three, we'll see how it goes, that it will be Kendall Lamb. Kendall Lamb, who joined me on my radio show on 104.5 The Zone, live from training camp earlier today. Come in as a free agent to this Titans team. There's opportunity right. at right tackle. They draft Dylan Radens in the second round. What's been the dynamic between you two um, on this team as you kind of figure out, as the team kind of figures yeah. out? What puts them in the best position to succeed? Yeah, so, I mean, Dylan's a phenomenal dude. Very bright young man. You know, played D1AA, North Dakota State. Right. I was at Appalachian State, so we were D1AA at one time. So so I, I feel for him. I understand. I love the D1AA. There's a brotherhood there. 100%. I mean, the playoff system, you know, we won't even get into that. I think it's great. <laughs> but, you know, I, I appreciate D1AA guys. But, you know, Dylan's a phenomenal guy. You know, I get in there. He's at guard sometimes. Even when he's at tackle and I'm sitting there watching, you know, you try to say little things. I mean, he got to play one year or one game of football his last year, so it's been a little bit of time for him. So if I can see little things to help him and, you know, just have that open form of communication, because in the grand scheme of things, I like, think about it like this. We're on one team. Regardless of who goes in there, I mean, you want the best person. You want to put them in the best position. If it's me, if it's him, whoever it is, I mean, at the end of the day, we're on the same team. Let me reiterate that. So you just try to help as you can. So that's Kendall Lamb, the Titans tackle who was brought in free agency this offseason to compete at the right tackle. Now, what is important to notice is that he hasn't been playing very much right tackle right now. He's been playing left tackle because Taylor Lewan is not currently going through team drills. That is something that I think is, is important to note because here is what Vrabel had to say about Dylan Radens. And how he's and how he struggled because he did struggle today. Ola Adenyi got over on him a couple times. And listen, Raidens has played left tackle almost exclusively. He's been moved over to the right. He's playing some inside. Uh, he's playing some interior offensive line as well 
at the guard position. So he's he's having to learn a lot. It's what is it called? Drinking through a fire hose, basically, at this point. I'm going to read you the quote from Mike Vrabel earlier today, and you'll hear from Mike later on at the end of the show as well once we talk about the offensive and defensive lines. I'll read you that quote here in just a second, right after I remind you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook app is DraftKings Sportsbook. They will get you in on all the action because speaking of America, our athletes, our top athletes, are in Tokyo competing for the gold medal as we speak across various Olympic sports. I love it. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too, especially when you download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code A2ZSports when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins any medal. That's code A to Z Sports to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Tennessee only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. Promo code A to Z Sports in the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So, Lawan is not practicing right now. And so he... Uh, so Kendall Lamb has been his backup at the left tackle position. Now I talked to Lamb, and go, by the way, go check out go check out the uh, the podcast of my radio show, the Buck Rising Show. We had Kendall Lamb on in hour two today. Will Compton was also on the show. Shiel Kapadia of the Athletic was on the show as well. It's a great, it's a loaded show today. I would well, it's well worth your time to go find the full interview and learn a little, a little bit more about the guy who's probably going to be your starter at right tackle come the start of the season, because I do think it will be uh, Kendall Lamb. He's a veteran, even if he is not playing right tackle right now. Lawan, they are putting him on a uh, on an extended return to play plan, meaning that he's doing individual work, but he's not going through team drills right now. He's not going full contact like the rest of them are in padded practices. This is the same approach that they're taking with guys like A.J. Brown, with Julio Jones, with Caleb Farley. There are different players, certainly players who are returning from injury, that are seeing their practice minutes staggered. And Lawan is one of those players. He's been one of those players really since the start of camp, now through seven full days of workout on the field. So he is practicing to an extent, but he's not going through 11-on-11 drills. And he's going through individual drills. He's going through stretch. So he's out there, but he's not really out there. So Kendall Lamb has been on the left side. David Questenberry also working on the left side. Now Dylan Radens is seeing a lot of work at right, as is Ty Sambrello, who it seems like he is more seriously competing for the job. Sambrello off the uh, off the PUP list, and uh, I'm not sure what his injury was. We never really heard. We never really heard at that point. Uh, not really. We never really heard at that point what the case. Might be, but here's why I think it will be Lamb or Sam Brelo starting on the right side. And I will tell you, I will read you this quote from Titans head coach Mike Vrabel that kind of that kind of best relays what kind of camp Dylan Raidens is having so far. This is from Mike Vrabel's press conference earlier today. 
Quote, of Dylan Radens and how he has done so far. Quote, it needs to be better. This is Mike Vrabel. He is a young player up front and playing right tackle, playing right guard, playing all over the place because guys are down. He's talking about Lawan. He's talking about Ben Jones some days. He's talking about Roger Saffold some days. We need to start continuing to make some progress. I think the consistency has been what has been lacking. You see a really good play, and then you see a mistake that maybe we have made or he has made previously that we have tried to correct. He needs to correct that, like every player does. So we are not making the same mistakes two or three times. That is what is most important. So Mike Vrabel is saying that at this point, uh, at this point, he is he is uh, he is not he's not consistent enough to to be trusted full time on the right side. He's being moved around a lot and he's learning a lot. So it's possible that by the end of the camp, we could see uh, more more significant strides taken. But right now, he's a bit of a liability. Uh, at the positions that they're playing him. And I again, I see Adani getting the work on him as a smaller guy, getting underneath his pad level. He's just, he's far, he's far away from being ready for a full-time NFL starter job. And that's okay, because that's why you sign guys like Sambrello. You bring him back. You bring in Kendall Lamb to compete for that spot. At this point, though, it's going to be a veteran in that spot at right tackle come the preseason, probably for the first, I would say, two or three games of the regular season as they try to catch the rookie up to speed. Um, apparently, okay, Michael Eagle and Chris Frazier are uh, are arguing uh, are arguing amongst themselves in the comment section on Facebook Live. Play nice, children. Let's not do that. Um, let's see. I had a feeling if Dylan needs up to speed, this is from Tyler Musson on Facebook Live, that there's a chance we might see the same thing from Caleb Farley. Slow starting them into the mix after the season begins. I wouldn't feel... I would say, here's what I'll tell you, okay? Just based, and this is this is just based on what I'm seeing, all right? Now, Farley's not, Farley hasn't completed a full practice today, okay? So keep that in mind. But, but, I I have a better, they have a better, is how I'll, is how I'll say it. They have a better feeling about Caleb Farley starting week one than they do about Dylan Raiden's. Now, I don't know if that speaks more to Farley's competency or Raiden's lack of competency currently. But I would say to you that don't look at those two situations as similar because they're not. Raiden's is a fully healthy player. Farley is working back from a back injury, and they're managing him rightfully so. But I, I, would, not, I would not assume that. I would not assume that those two situations are similar because they're not really at all similar. And Farley... It's, I think I think right now has a better chance to play week one than Dylan Radens does, which is not something that I sh- would have said, uh, not something that I would have said even three days ago. Uh, Dylan will be the starter next year, says Chris Frazier. I bet I bet you see him start at some point this year, but I just don't think it's going to be right out of the gate. Jordan Miller says, "Oh shit, Buck knows, Buck knows." Uh, just just you know, keep that keep that in the back of your head, in the back of your mind, as we get closer and closer to the season. I would say to you that he is uh, that he is going to be okay when they finally get him going for full, you know, for a full practice. Um, because right now they seem pretty optimistic about what are, where he is. But I will also remind you that they felt pretty good about Adoree Jackson heading into the Pittsburgh Steelers game in Week Seven last year, and then they didn't end up activating him for several more weeks. And then once they activated, they still didn't play him for several more weeks. So. 
a, just just I, I I just wanted to give you just a little sprinkle of optimism about Caleb Farley because they're pretty optimistic about him right now too. Uh, so who will start on the right side? I believe it will be either Ty Sambrello or Kendall Lamb. Kendall Lamb was brought in to compete at right tackle. Right now, he's playing a lot of left without Taylor Lewan available in the lineup. Uh, Durka Time says, Adore was soft, though. Farley is hungry AF. I mean, I don't listen. Not, I'm never going to accuse any of these dudes of being soft. Okay. They play a violent game for violent men. And a lot of the violent men are bigger than the smaller violent men like Adore Jackson. So I'm never, ever going to call an NFL player soft. Um, but I will say that John Robinson, <laughs> John Robinson didn't call him soft. But he did say that they were looking for players who would be willing to, and I'm paraphrasing, but who would be willing to play through injury. And it sounds like Adore Jackson was at, at that time not willing to play through whatever he was dealing with. Um, Ronnie Anderson says, Buck, what's your opinion on the whole season this year? Are we making it all the way? Ronnie, I don't do, I don't do schedule predictions. I don't do, I don't do game picks. I don't. I think it's dumb. I think it's a waste of time. I think you have no idea what's going to happen throughout the course season. You had no idea that Carson Wentz was going to need foot surgery a week ago. You had no idea that Quentin Nelson of the Indianapolis Colts was going to go down with a foot injury too, much less the same foot injury. So uh, there's no way, Ronnie, I have no idea. I don't even know what this football team is going to look like until probably about October. So uh, when when you ask me for preseason predictions, uh, I, I I don't mean, I don't, I don't mean to be like, I don't mean to be a dick about it, Ronnie, but like, I just, if I'm going to say something, I want it to mean something. And preseason predictions may mean absolutely nothing to me. It's just a waste of breath. So we don't do them around here. Um, who are you most optimistic about? Says uh, 13 and four and go all the way, says Michael Eagle. So Michael immediately gives us his preseason prediction. So Michael, Michael does not care the way that I care about uh, what his words mean. But because I have uh, I have zero interest in that. So how many games do you think we will win? Says one eleven keys. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. We will see. Ah shit! They started buck up. Says Carlos. No, not yet. Not yet. They haven't. St- Nobody has started me. It's been a while since I've popped off at somebody. You guys have been very well behaved lately. I haven't had to. Uh, I haven't had to check anybody in a while, which either means I'm getting soft or you're getting soft. So you know, if you want to bring a little heat. You're welcome to do so. Uh, let's move on, though. Let's talk about this offensive line. Because Taylor Lewan, I asked him two questions today at the podium, and I'm going to play them for you here in just a second. But the question that I want to ask you about this offensive line is this. What is the most important part of the Titans' offensive line? Let me know on Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. We will discuss at length together what is the most important part of the Titans offensive line. Give me your answers and we'll discuss in the comments section. We'll discuss over the course of this evening's show what remains of it right after I tell you about our friends at Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K. That's Brymac.com. That's satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Brymac Mechanical will put you in the best position to succeed. They will get you in your comfort zone, whether it's commercially, whether it's residentially, whether you need improved air quality with ductwork that Brymac Mechanical can provide for you. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. Okay, what's the most important part of the Titans offensive line? Let me know in the comments section on Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, Let's see. The left side, according to Ryan Stowe, six. Yes, indeed. Run left. As uh, as the busting with the boys hats say, right? Roger Saffold, Taylor Lewan, absolutely 
caving dude skulls in during that 2019 playoff run. They were a massive part, those two, of what the Titan, the the success, the level of, of success that the Titans were ultimately able to achieve very much came off of left side runs. Ben Jones, well, Bizarro PK says Benjamin Jones, but Ben Jones, the center, is a critical piece. He's durable. He is uh, he is tough as all hell. And he knows what's going on, um, which is a veteran center has the ability to totally change the dynamic of your offense. Because if you have somebody up front that doesn't know what the hell they're doing, you can tell very, very quickly from, from the quarterback center exchange, from calling out the protections in front of you, from identifying you know something as simple as the Mike linebacker, things of that nature. You can totally throw your, your offense out of whack if you're center in right. And Ben has been great. Um, certainly since they changed the parts around him, putting Nate Davis and Roger Saffold there, as opposed to Quentin Spain and Josh Klein, who were, who were both very underwhelming at best. Juicebox says the center. Uh, right side of the O-line uh, says Lamonta. Well, you know, you really don't know who the right side is yet, Lamonta, so I think that's the only wrong answer at this, much, at, at this point. Left tackle and center, says Chris Head. Uh, depth, according to Puka, on Twitter. Well, what I will say to you at Jay's in real life, yes, Twitter still does still work. I just don't, I don't know if it's called Periscope anymore, but we're here on Twitter. So you can hang out with us here. Um, what I will say to you is I'm going to cheat a little bit because, and I get to do that because it's my game. But um, in talking to Taylor Lewan today, he started off a conversation about offensive line coach, Keith Carter. Keith Carter, I believe to be the most important important part of this offensive line right now. They can't do anything without talent. That much is so. But they have lost talent over the course of last season. They have found ways to make do. They have found ways to adjust to a new run-blocking system under Mike Vrabel and Keith Carter. Keith Carter, who Taylor Lewan, who I asked Taylor, who I asked Taylor Lewan about today, and uh, and basically how much growth they had seen in their relationship together because it didn't start out great. It's gotten a lot better, man. Uh, <laughs> it's gotten a whole lot better. I think um, there was some resistance from me in the beginning of our relationship. And, um, you know, I, was, so I went scratching and clawing the whole way, but I think, you know, his standard and the way what he's held us to has, has shown a lot in the success that we've had. Uh, I hate saying that out loud, but uh, he was he was right. And so I think I have a lot more of appreciation for Keith and, what he demands out of us, it's um, it's allowed us to go out there and play the way we do as an offensive line. And there's always there's a lot of things we can do better, but you know there's a consistency of everyone wants to get better every day. No one's coming out here and just going through the motions. Keith won't let that happen. You go from a guy like Russ Grimm, who's just kind of you know relaxed guy, chilling all the time, maybe has a beer at nine in the morning kind of dude, you know relaxing, and then Keith's a high-strung dude, and you're like. It's just a big change. You know, I've never done a, a very good job with authority, and uh, he's definitely an authoritative figure. And so that was a hard thing for me to, to handle. And, uh, you know, that's just being as candid as possible. But, you know, I really appreciate Keith and what he's done for this team, and especially for this offensive line. We've got, we went from, you know, we were a pretty good offensive line when um, Keith got in, and now we have an opportunity to be a much better offensive line now. So that was uh, my questions to Taylor Lewan about his relationship with Keith Carter. And you listen, if you were out on the practice field with those two the first year, I think that was 2018, when uh, when Vrabel hired him to be the offensive line coach, they did not get along for shit. They real, I mean, they were publicly butting heads in a way that was it was pretty. I mean, 
toxic isn't the right word because they found ways to you know make a push at the end of the season and and get in a win and in situation. So they were finding things, but you you know you heard Lawan himself. He was going along kicking and screaming that first year that Vrabel was in was the head coach and Keith Carter was the new offensive line coach. It, it was an adjustment, but the the miracle I don't want to call it miracles that Keith Carter has worked with that group, but my God, for them to lose their best player on the offensive line and probably like a top four player on their football team in Taylor Lawan and to still find ways to have a 2,000-yard rusher, which is as much about Derrick Henry as it is about the offensive line and Arthur Smith for understanding the strengths and weaknesses. And they had to make some adjustments, right? John Smith, the production suffered a little bit because he had to help a little bit more up front, but it doesn't matter. They found ways to make it work. Keith Carter, who many of you wanted fired that first year with Vrabel, right? Because Marcus Mariota got sacked, I think it was 12 times in one game against the Ravens, 11 or 12. I can't remember. He The, the Titans' offensive line was struggling, and it was a Mariota problem too. But you guys, I remember very, very much, wanted Keith Carter gone so badly that 2018 season, and really well into 2019. He was the Shane Bowen of the early Vrabel years. And since then, all his unit has done is produce a a back-to-back, an offensive line responsible for a back-to-back rushing champ, an offensive line that was put together as patchwork last year and still found a way to win the division, Isaiah Wilson beyond salvaging, but they still found ways to make it happen with guys like Ty Sambrello and uh, and. And David Questenberry, Aaron Brewer as well, when they lost Ben Jones for a couple of snaps in, in between games, Roger Saffold, somebody who missed a little bit of time. Um, Juicebox768 says, not going to lie, I was calling for his head along with Arthur Smith. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it changed so drastically, so drastically. The opinion, the public opinion of Keith Carter and the transformation is such, hearing it in Lawan's own words, and I'm... I'm going to write this later for AtoZSportsNashville.com. I, I wrote, I mean, I think it's pretty good. I wrote about Shane Bowen today in a way that I think you guys are going to really enjoy. But what I will say to you is that there's a lot of people that wanted Keith Carter's head. And I think that Keith Carter has found a way to turn himself into the best asset. What I mean, the most important asset of, on this with this offensive line because they found ways to put things together and fit the skill set of the players that they had available to them. Dirk of Time says, watch Raidens develop exactly like Nate Davis and be starting by week six. I mean, really, think about think about Nate Davis, okay? Nate Davis, who was a third-round pick out of Charlotte. What is, is Charlotte in the a- AAC? Like Charlotte, very, very small conference school. He comes to the level of competition in the NFL. He misses all of training camp, right? And by week four, in the middle of that Atlanta Falcons game, he is going into live action, mid-game. Jameel Douglas is getting his ass kicked. Jameel Douglas got his week, his ass kicked the week before uh, in, in Jacksonville, Thursday night football, absolutely getting ragdolled by Calais Campbell. So they let basically let, let basically Jameel Douglas have, I think, maybe a quarter and a half in Atlanta before they, I mean, he was getting victimized again by Grady Jarrett. So they said, all right, all right, rookie, let's go see it. So he comes out with, as as Clayton Smith on YouTube YouTube describes, his frog set. His frog set. He was, he was, there was something about his stance 
that was inhibiting him from as good a get-off as humanly possible. It was holding him back to a degree. Keith Carter and uh, Mike Sullivan, who's the assistant offensive line coach, they found ways to develop Nate Davis, find ways to correct the issues with his stance, turn him into, I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about a Pro Bowl caliber lineman in Nate Davis in year three, heading into year three. He was a certified shit kicker in year two. That is not, I mean, it's a credit to Nate Davis, but it is also a credit to, it is also a credit to Keith Carter, Mike Sullivan, and that offensive line staff that found ways to develop Nate Davis. Raidens is entirely, it's entirely possible that that is the trajectory for Raidens as well, where we see him not necessarily start the season. They go with a veteran, and if the veteran can't handle things and the rookie is more physically talented, then you put the rookie in there and you throw him into the fire like you did with Nate Davis. Sink or swim, that's the NFL. But the most important part of this offensive line group right now is is absolutely, uh, is absolutely, um, is absolutely Keith Carter at this point. I really do think so. Uh, Nate Davis may be the best run blocking guard in the NFL, says Dime Soul 2020. I mean, who's who's number 77 for the Browns? I'm blanking on his name. He he beats the holy hell out of dudes, and he was vicious in that game here in Nashville against the Titans up front. I mean, he was kicking. The, he was kicking guys' ass across from him. And I'm blanking on his name, number 77 for the Cleveland Browns. He's probably the best run-blocking guard in the NFL right now. He's probably just the best all-around all guard. Now, Roger Saffold's up there. Nate Davis and Roger Saffold absolutely belong in that conversation. Um, but number 77 for the Browns, whose name escapes me right now, this is going to drive me crazy. Quentin Nelson, also a good one. But, you know, I've seen... Listen, I've watched it up. Wyatt Teller, thank you. Uh, John Will Glass on Twitter. Wyatt Teller is the name of the best offensive guard in football. Quentin Nelson is fine. I mean, Quentin Nelson is more than fine. Quentin Nelson has been an all-pro every year that he's been in the league. Let me not diminish. Let me not diminish uh, Quentin Nelson. But also, Quentin Nelson, I've seen get ragdolled by Jeffrey Simmons. I've seen Quentin Nelson, I've seen Big Q get thrown around a time or two. I have not seen that yet from Wyatt Teller. Wyatt Teller, Quentin Nelson is great. Wyatt Teller is also great at this point. I really think that Nate Davis is capable of that level of play. Roger Saffold is capable and has been over the course of many years capable of that level of play. But uh, it will be another, you know, another project for Keith Carter to try and see how much he can get, at, how much and how early he can get Dylan Raidens involved in the lineup. Mudgy, uh, Mudgy Ferris. On Facebook Live says Wyatt Teller. I coached against him in high school. Man, that's like uh, oh, who's the who's the great guard for the Cowboys? Zach Martin. Zach Martin, who's been an All Pro for the Cowboys too. I uh, <laughs> I played against I, I played against Zach Martin in high school, and my team ended up beating because he played in Indianapolis and I played in a town called Evansville, Indiana, and we <laughs> we played. Bishop Chatard, which is the school that Zach Martin went to in semi-state in Indiana. Um, so uh, I played I played defensive end, uh, and, and, and Zach Martin played left tackle. And when I tell you that Zach Martin beat the, live, the ever-loving shit out of me for four quarters of that game, and thank God our defense was good uh, around around. Uh, around 
as as a uh, as a as a whole because I I was an absolute liability out there against Zach Martin. I really really was. It was not good. Now we ended up winning, and my team went to state. Now we lost. We went to state twice, and we lost uh, both times when I was in high school. But I I mean I was just smacked around back there in a way that is completely. Uh, completely and totally embarrassing. Any film out there, says Puka? God, I hope not. Really, really bad. Uh, Bucks playing de- defensive tackle or defensive end. I was a. I well, I played. I played. Uh, I played end in three four, and I played three technique in a four three. So we had a couple of different, a couple of different fronts. Josh said they didn't drop you into the coverage like Landry, did they? <laughs> uh, no, that was. Uh, they did not. They did not put me into coverage. I promise you. Uh, I promise you. There was no. There was no coverage ability for me. Um, now, Josh. Ooh, that's a great. That's a great uh, position for me to plug. Uh, so, what I will say to you, Josh, is we talked about the Titans' defense. We did a deep dive on the Titans' defense today on the the, the new podcast that I have with Greg Cosell of NFL Films. It's called the Install. Uh, the Install with Greg Cosell of NFL Films. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. And we deep dived, deep dove or deep dived. I'm not sure. Anyway, we did hardcore analysis on this Titans defense. And Greg explained to me and explained to you as an audience why they do what they do with Harold Landry and coverage. And here's a hint. They do the exact same thing with TJ Watt and with Bud Dupree while the two of them were in Pittsburgh. Something to keep in mind. Go check out the install with Greg Cosell. After we wrap up tonight, it was a real, I mean, they've all been good podcasts, but it's a really, really good one that you'll enjoy in the Titans defense today. I thought it was timely given that we just talked to Shane Bowen and kind of learned more about why everything went to shit last year in 2020 for them. Um, could you read like Compton says Brad Lipford? I could read better than Will Compton. Thank God. <laughs> did you file assault charges against Martin says William Young? Yes, indeed I did. I, no, I mean, of course I didn't, but I, uh, I, I did. Zach Martin did get his revenge when we got our butts kicked in the state championship game that year. I can't remember the name of the team that we played. I want to say it was, I can't remember. They had a couple kids that went D1. Uh, and we had, we had one kid, we had one kid on our team that went D1. He, and he played at Vanderbilt, Steve Shoy. He had a, he had a cup of coffee, had a cup of coffee with, uh, with the Broncos and the Patriots, I believe. Steve was the only one on our team that was worth a damn. Um, but the team, the two teams that we lost to the two years that we went to state back to back, that would have been my sophomore and junior year of high school. Um, it was the first year that Lucas Oil Stadium was open, which was cool because we got to play, we got to play our state championship game in a brand new Lucas Oil Stadium. Lucas Oil is really, really, really cool. I know you guys hate the Colts, but uh, such a fabulous, fabulous NFL stadium. I don't know how we ended up talking about my high school, uh, football highlights or lack thereof, but um, let's get off that. Am I crazy to think the Titans defense is going to be solid, says Cyclops on YouTube? In fact, you are not. In fact, you are not. Because we are going to talk about that here in just a second. The question that I have for you guys to wrap up tonight's show is, which is the better Titans unit? Is it the offensive line or the defensive line? Give me your answers on Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. We will discuss together uh, over the course of the rest of the show, which is the better Titans unit, offensive line or defensive line? 
Give me your answers, and we will get to them momentarily right after I tell you. In fact, I'll let Mike Vrabel tell you who's been the better unit so far between these two. Uh, when we spoke to him today, right after I tell you about our friend Gary Ashton and the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. Win the buyer battle at GaryAshton.com. When I mean that when I say the buyer battle, it's because Gary Ashton reminds you to not sell without the intel. Intel that will help you win the buyer battle, intel that nobody else has in the state of Tennessee. Everybody else is competing for the same properties with the same information. Gary Ashton and the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage works with you to make sure that you have the best possible intel before you sell your home. Because you can sell for more with the Gary Ashton team. They are going to put you in a position to succeed. If you want to buy, you can do. You can get your dream address without the stress, as I did, through the Gary Ashton team. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, the official real estate agent of the Tennessee Titans at GaryAshton.com. Uh, who is the better unit right now between the offensive line and the defensive line? Uh, D-line for now, says Jeff Charles. Ronnie agrees on Facebook Live. He says defense. Wasn't uh, uh, wasn't acid rained on, on in here, T? What? Uh, wasn't getting acid rained on in T here, huh, Buck? Man said his eyes were burning. I'm not sure what you're talking about, Levante. You've confused me, but I'll uh, – no, there's no – I mean, maybe acid rain at the Garth Brooks concert because I felt like I was drowning and my eyes were burning. I was, it was, I was freaking out a little bit. It shouldn't have been like that. Anyway, offensive line says Josh until proven otherwise. Off, well, he says office. Carmen says office of line. Uh, effluent didn't swallow that beer. Are you drunk, Carmen? Are you high right now? Do you ever get nervous? <laughs> uh, I assume he's he or she. I don't know if Carmen's a girl or a boy. But uh, he's trying, he or she is trying to say offensive line through, you know, beer goggles at this point. I'm not sure what's happening in the comments tonight. With no doubt, it's the offensive line. Well, in fact, there is doubt, Keith. In fact, there is doubt. And the doubt comes from the head coach himself, Mike Frable, who said that the defensive line has been very, very good. I mean, I think the defensive line has is, is a, is a, been a really good group for us. It's, it's been a, you know, it's been a group that's had, had full numbers. You know, when we come to camp, we, we have a breakdown of what we think that we need. And, you know, John and I went, went heavy on the roster at offensive line because we knew we had some guys that, are work, that were working their way back, you know, Taylor and Ty. But then we also knew that we had some veterans in Roger and Ben that were going to need some days. And unfortunately, you know, that's the group that, that's kind of gotten hit the worst and hit the hardest. Um, so... You know, I think that they're battling. I, I do. I think there's been some really good efforts up front. I thought that that, that half-line run and pass drill was, was a good drill. I think that that's the way we need to start practice um, or, or start our, our day or start our game, you know, with those base fundamentals. Now, here's what I'll tell you. That was Mike Vrabel earlier today. Uh, <laughs> that was Mike Vrabel earlier today. I will say to you, I will say to you that the defensive line has been brutalizing the offensive line. It's only two padded practice, fully padded practices, right? Through two fully padded practices, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, Tier Tart, and Danico Autry have been absolutely slaughtering this offensive line up front. They are stuffing runs left and right. They are pressuring the quarterback. I have seen, and, and listen, Nate Davis has done a, a great job 
because he's the only full – I mean, Ben Jones has been doing a lot of work, but Ben is a vet, more veteran and gets more time off than Nate. So Nate's seeing a lot of reps right now and holding his own as best he can. And they're working against uh, the shuffling parts on the offensive line. So this is not the final front five that we will see right now. But through two padded practices, it had been all defensive line for the Titans, which is not something that I thought I would say. Uh, but they have been hugely impressive. I would say right now, as we sit here today, it's only August the 4th, only two padded practices, um, and many more weeks of training camp to go before preseason games, all of this. The defensive line today looks to be the better unit, which is shocking to me. Now, I don't know about their depth. I don't think their depth is worth a damn. Lorel Murchison looks to be more explosive off the ball this year. Outside of that, I, re- I mean, Rashad Weaver will play a little bit of defensive line. He'll play ed- edge. He'll be an edge rusher, right? And he can play inside. They've they've seen that at the Senior Bowl. So there's a lot uh, there's a lot to that as well. But what I will say to you is, as we sit here today, the defensive line is superior. Uh, Josh says Pop Tart. I love that Teron Davenport calls Tier Tart Pop Tart. That's the best nickname ever. I wish he would go by it full time. I don't know if he knows that we call him Pop Tart. Uh, but my God, is it great? Uh, <laughs> if Rabel says that about defense now, imagine what we do when we have Bud Dupree. Listen, John Simon has been starting in there. John Simon is no slouch. John Simon is going to, is going to bounce, uh, Derek Roberson. It seems the hell off this roster because he has been really, really stout up front. He had an interception the other day. What was that on today's Wednesday? Then it was on Tuesday. John Simon had a pick. I mean, he's been he's been fundamentally sound in setting the edge. He is a good player, and he will make this roster at this point. Um, Hart, we already we talked about Dylan Raidens to start the show. If you missed any of it, feel free to go listen to the replay. We also podcast this afterwards. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rewind the whole thing just now because we're at the end of the show. Uh, Evan C. White says, "Will you tell TD that it makes my day when he pops in the primetime show chat? I love him. He's he really is the best, isn't he?" Um, I'm excited to I'm excited to uh, to hang out with TD. We're going to be spending a lot of time together in Tampa Bay. It sounds like so it's going to be we're going to get after it. I'm looking forward to it for certain. Um, and that's the show here on a Wednesday night. One more show to do on prime time. Two more radio shows. Uh, there's all kinds of great content available for you. I got a lot of things to plug, so bear with me at the end. Okay, go and read at a to z sportsnashville.com what I wrote about Shane Bowen and how he has already made strides with this defense, it feels like a totally different unit. Again, seven days of camp. Let me not overreact, but go read what I wrote because you'll understand what I'm saying at a to zsportsnashville.com. The install with Greg Cosell. New episode, deep dive on the Titans defense. He explains why Mike Vrabel does things like drops Harold Landry into coverage in a way that drives you all insane and how big a difference the personnel upgrades are going to make for what they want to do in 2021. The install with Greg Cosell of NFL Films and myself, available now wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Also, radio show has been phenomenal through two weeks of training camp. The guests that we have had so far, GM John Robinson, Christian Fulton, Rashawn Evans, Kevin Byard, Jayon Brown, Kendall Lamb today. We'll have many more over the course of the coming weeks. Subscribe, rate, and review to the Buck Rising Show in your favorite podcast app. And don't miss a minute because all the interviews, not just the Titans, the live uh, the live Titans interviews from camp because that's where I'm doing my radio show basically until, until the season starts, it sounds like. Um, don't miss a minute because it's great. And if you want to listen to it live, you can do that between 10 and 1 on 104.5 The Zone. 
Uh, I am going to get the hell out of here because I have a lot more work to do. Uh, even though tomorrow's an off day of practice, that means I got to jam all the stuff that I get that I can't get to. Tomorrow's basically my weekend, um, despite you know doing the uh, doing the radio show and doing prime time. Third, that's as close tomorrow's I'm going to get to a weekend because they got practice all weekend long, and I'm fired up about it because there's great content to be produced. There's real football to talk about now in full pads, and you know damn sure that all of this has me hype, and it all has me just not quite tired yet. Oh,